you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. We've got to get past week-to-week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure. That is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message. I want to take you to the word tonight out of the 32nd chapter of the book of 2 Chronicles, verse 1, after these things and the establishment thereof. Sennacherib, king of Assyria, came and entered into Judah and encamped against the fenced cities and thought to win them for himself. The king of Assyria came to Judah and thought to win the fenced cities for himself. Everybody say it ain't going to happen. And when Hezekiah saw that Sennacherib was come and that he was purposed, the word purposed there means face and it represents defiance. He had a face and a countenance of defiance to fight against Jerusalem. He took counsel with his princes and his mighty men to stop the waters of the fountains which were without the city. And they did help him. So there was gathered much people together who stopped all the fountains and the brook that ran through the midst of the land, saying, Why should the kings of Assyria come and find much water? And he strengthened himself, Hezekiah did, and built up the wall that was broken. He raised it up to the towers and another wall without and repaired Milo and the city of David and made darts and shields in abundance. He set captains of war over the people and gathered them together to him in the street of the gate of the city and spoke comfortably to them. He was getting ready to encourage them, saying, Be strong and courageous. Be not afraid. Everybody say, I rebuke the spirit of fear. Be not afraid, nor be dismayed for the king of Assyria, nor for all the multitude that is with him, for there be more with us than with him. Now, that was in the natural. They had a host of people that were helping. But in verse 8, he said, With him is an arm of flesh, but with us is the Lord our God to help us. It's not really a fair fight when it comes down to it. Boy, I feel my help right now. 
This that we're a part of, come on, come to church right now. This that we're a part of, it's not really a fair fight. The enemy thinks he's going to hinder the church, but he's already lost the battle because the Lord our God is here to help us and to fight our battles. And when he said that, the people rested themselves upon the words of Hezekiah, king of Judah. When he said that, the people rested his words. I pray that before we leave this or when we leave this place tonight, that somebody's going to walk out of this place resting upon the words of the preacher and walk out of here and realize that the Lord your God is on your side. I want to preach to you tonight from this thought, I have no enemies. I have no enemies. Come on, clap your hands one more time. Hallelujah. I see some of you looking, but I need you to connect with the Holy Ghost. Do me a favor, just reach up, put a hand on somebody's shoulder in there. Let's pray together. Father, in the name of Jesus, your angels that are in this building, we're praying, God, that there will be a holy visitation. Let the angels, let the mighty power of God move in this sanctuary. Let your gifts, let your operation of apostolic ministry flow in this sanctuary tonight. I pray that you would bring us together as one body and one church. In the name of the Lord God, let dominion be established. Let authority, God, be established in Jesus' name. And everybody said, let it be so. Amen. You may be seated. Amen. And as you're seated, would you please give the worship team tonight a great hand. What a great, great job ushering in the presence, the presence of the Lord. In verse 20 of 2 Chronicles chapter 31, I'm going to back up a couple of verses there. Thus did Hezekiah throughout all Judah and wrought that which was good and right and truth before the Lord his God. And in every work that he began in the service of the house of God and in the law and in the commandments to seek his God, he did it with all of his heart and prospered. Naturally, when you put God first and you establish things in your life at the house of God and the word of God, you are establishing truth and conviction in your life. You are an apostolic man and an apostolic woman. There is, of course, going to be a response from the enemy's camp. And the Bible said it was after the establishment of these things. They had gotten things settled. We're going to be obedient to the law. We're going to protect the house of God. And we are going to bring, uh, give everything that we have, all of our passion, all of our desire, and all of our faith toward the Lord God Almighty. It was after the establishment of these things that the king of Assyria encamped against the fenced cities there in the land of Judah. When Hezekiah saw it, he began to put together this plan to combat the king of Assyria. 
because the king of Assyria, Sennacherib, fought to win them for himself. And I want you to know there is an adversary out there that, that will surround you at times on every side, it would seem. He'll do it through so-called friends. He will do it at the schoolhouse. He will do it in your community. Sometimes he will use extended family members to do it. Sometimes there are visitations from demonic spirits. We live in a time where there is a constant battle and a constant war going on. If you know that, say amen. There's no doubt that we are in a war. And the devil has listed some things in your life that he is determined that he is going to win for himself. And so Hezekiah purposed, purposed here that he was going to resist the king of Assyria. He took counsel with the princes and the mighty men to stop the waters of the fountains that were without the city. And he gathered them together who that would stop the fountains to stop the fountains and the brook that ran through the midst of the land. Now I don't have to tell you that that water in scripture is a type of the spirit. And so these fountains and this brook in some way in our situations can represent the spirit. I think that many times when the enemy attacks or when devastation comes or when things don't go our way or destruction happens in our lives, the enemy's goal is to get it in our spirit. And if he can get it in your spirit, he can mess with your faith. Because let me give you a little Bible lesson. The faith faith that, that God has given you is not, is not part of the five senses. It's not, it's not part of the taste, the, the, the smell, the, the sight, the hearing, the touch. It's not part of the soul, the mind, the will, and the emotions, but faith is contained in the spirit. And so sometimes you have to make up in your mind, I am not going to give the enemy access to the fountain that God has put in my spirit. I'm going to shut off access to the rolling brook that flows out of me. Amen. I'm not going to let the devil drink from the anointing that God has put on my life. If there is an attack on the enemy, I'm going to draw a line in the sand and let the enemy know right now, you fight, you fight with an arm of flesh, but I fight with the name of the Lord and the power of the Holy Ghost. Oh, come on, somebody praise him right now. Amen. And so he strengthened himself. And I, I think sometimes when bad things happen, we, we, get, we get weary of it. We get discouraged immediately. We're looking for somebody to call. We're looking for somebody to, to, to whine to, to complain to, to tell them how bad, how bad that it is. I just want to go ahead and tell you, and I'm not trying to get you back on your feet this quick, but I want to tell you before you leave this place tonight, I'm going to convince you there is nothing there is absolutely nothing that hell can do to stop what God is doing in your life. Come on, I'm not trying to get you excited this early, but I've come to serve hell notice. You lost the battle a long time ago. There's nothing you can do. We're part of the church of the living God. I have no enemies. 
Oh, hallelujah. And so I want to tell somebody tonight to strengthen yourself. Strengthen yourself in the battle. Strengthen yourself in the valley. You find yourself in a dry place, find a way to strengthen yourself. Build up a wall. Build up the things that are broken. Raise up the wall to the tower. Make sure you've got a hedge of defense. And if you have to, go outside of the wall and establish another wall and widen out the perimeter. Repair everything that's been broken down. Get the darts that God has given you and get the shield of faith that God has given you and put on the whole armor of God because we're in a war, but we're on the winning side. We're absolutely on the winning side tonight. Oh, hallelujah, come on. I'm gonna preach to somebody here tonight. You're not gonna backslide because the Lord is on your side. You're not gonna lose out on your destiny because the Lord is on your side. Clap your hands if you believe it here. And so he told them, be strong and courageous. Come on, I'm telling somebody tonight, this is a generation that's gotta be strong and courageous. You gotta bow up, come on. You gotta be bold in the Holy Ghost. You can't be timid. I'm, I'm, I'm here to drive timidity out of the building. This is not the time for you to take a back seat in the kingdom of God and wait till you turn 35 to do something for the Lord. Amen. We're living in perilous times. We're living in the last days. Amen. Hell is raging all over the world, but the church is on the rise. And it's this generation right now that's going to rise up with a boldness and a prophetic word on their lips and prophesy to the wind. I want to serve hell notice. We're coming for you, and you will not win this war. Hallelujah. Be strong and be courageous and be not afraid nor be dismayed. If he visits you in the middle of the night, be not afraid nor be dismayed. If the doctor calls you in and gives you a report you didn't expect and it looks grave and dim and, and horrible, don't be afraid nor be dismayed because he is our healer and he is our redeemer. If the whole world goes crazy, amen, hold to the rock Christ Jesus. Uh, get your anchor set. Get your face set, amen. Get your posture up. Get your shoulders back because we're gonna win this thing. Is that all right? Amen. There's more that be with us than be with him. He said, Sennacherib is fighting with an arm of flesh. There's so much flesh in this world today, so much carnality, even in the church. I know we don't believe it's in the church, but it's in the church. All the lies is being told throughout the world. Everything that the enemy is doing, flesh, carnality, promiscuity, lust, fornication, pornography, flesh, amen, arrogance and pride, bad attitudes, Everything, people rising up in the flesh, amen. But flesh will never trump the spirit of our God. And the Lord is here to help us fight our battles. Come on, I'm gonna stay right here for a minute. I'm telling somebody here tonight, I don't know what kind of battle you're in, but the Lord is helping you. I'm here to convince somebody here tonight, it's really not a fair fight. 
When the enemy comes in like a flood, don't you lay down and act like you're going to quit. Don't you lay down and moan and groan about how bad it is. Uh, rise up and get the sword of the Spirit in your hand. Uh, raise your shield of faith uh, and say you're not going to make it here. You're not coming in here. You're not getting in my youth group. Uh, we're going to drive you out. My God have mercy. I've come to preach to somebody here tonight uh, that we have no enemies. Uh, we've already won this thing. Uh, we are the church triumphant uh, and the gates of hell shall not Praise God. Amen. Flesh will never trump a move of the Spirit. Don't you dare try to live for God without a move of the Spirit in your life. Don't you dare just try to just try to calculate your way through this and I'm going to take ten steps to a move of God. No, you got to find you a prayer closet somewhere. Amen. When, you, when the Spirit of God gets to moving, there's nothing hell can do about it. But what he's trying to do is shake the things that are established in your life. He's trying to convince you to move off of the law just a little bit. Just water it down just a little bit. Just compromise it a little bit. It don't take all that kind of stuff. But if you can establish the law and if you can establish your place in the house of God, Sennacherib is going to show up, but he is guaranteed to lose the battle. I don't think you understand how powerful this force is uh, that we are a part of. In 2 Kings chapter 19 and 35, the Bible said it came to pass that night that the angel of the Lord, everybody say one angel. It just took one angel. This wasn't a legion of angels. This wasn't a million angels. This wasn't all the angels in heaven, but one angel smote the camp of the Assyrians, a hundred, fourscore, and five thousand. One angel killed a hundred and eighty-five thousand enemy forces because we have no enemy. I, I don't care what prince is in your city. I don't care what demons rule your community. I don't, what, I don't care what kind of evil things that you think have the power of what's going on in your school. I'm telling you one angel can walk in that school with you on a Monday morning and drive out 185,000 devils. I'm telling you tonight, we have no enemies amen you be seated I didn't mean to scare you Romans chapter 8 and verse 24 I'm going to read in the living Bible we are saved by trusting I want to tell you tonight that that God is going to leave some things in your life to teach you how to trust him there's going to be some unanswered questions there's going to be some blanks that aren't filled in there's going to be some battles that seem to be ongoing. And God is trying to teach us to trust him. And he said trusting him means looking forward to getting something we don't yet have. You don't need hope. You don't need faith if you already have all of your prayers answered. Amen. But just because they're not answered yet, doesn't mean that God is not going to answer them. For a man who already has something doesn't need to hope and trust that he will get it. 
But if we must keep trusting God for something that hasn't happened yet, it teaches us to wait patiently and confidently. Wait patiently and confidently. Don't quit praying for what you know that God has said that he wants to do in your life. How many of you have ever received a prophetic word before? How many of you, at least some of that prophetic word has not come to pass yet? That doesn't mean that the preacher missed it. It doesn't mean that you missed it when you were in your prayer closet. It doesn't mean that wasn't the voice of God. It doesn't mean that the time has passed or that the enemy has won the battle. But every day, you've got to keep on believing that word from God. If it's five years after it was prophesied, believe it as strong or stronger today than when it was prophesied five years ago. Because what's happening is God is teaching you how to trust him. I'm going to tell you, we serve a come-to-pass God. He will bring it to pass. If God said it, it is going to happen. I'm telling you, God is going to bring it to pass. There is not an enemy that's big enough to keep what God said he would do from coming to pass. I wish somebody would believe what I'm talking about here tonight. He said, if you already have it, there's no need to hope for it. Verse 25, but if we keep trusting God for something that hasn't happened yet, it teaches us to wait patiently and confidently. And in the same way, he used that as an example in the same way, by our faith, everybody say, by our faith, the Holy Spirit helps us. By our faith, the Holy Spirit helps us with our daily problems, not every once in a while, not just once a month, not once a quarter, a couple times a year. No, he said, by faith, the Holy Spirit helps us with our daily, everybody say daily, problems and in our praying for we don't even know what we should pray for nor how to pray as we should but watch but the Holy Spirit prays with us with feeling that it cannot such feeling that it cannot be expressed in words when you're when you're on your face and you're praying in tongues it just sounds like just 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 heavenly language that you're speaking out you don't even know what's going on but what you don't realize is that the things that you didn't even know you were supposed to be praying for the things that are coming against you and you didn't know how to put it into words exactly what to pray when the spirit begins to pray out of you it is praying with you and it is praying for you when you pray in the spirit you are moving obstacles out of the way I feel my help right now Come on, I've come, I've come to tell this church here tonight that God is going to raise up an army of people that trust in the power of prayer. If you don't know what to say, pray in tongues. Let the Holy Spirit pray. And there's nothing hell will be able to do without it. Would you clap your hands unto the Lord? Come on, clap your hands unto the Lord. We're getting ready to see God do something in this place tonight. Amen. Verse 27, and the Father who knows all hearts knows, of course, what the Spirit is saying as he pleads for us in harmony with God's own will. When you're praying in tongues, the Spirit is pleading for us 
in harmony with us, with God's own will in mind. Verse 28, we know that all that happens to us is working for our good. How many of you believe that? If it's bad, it's good. If it's good, it's good. If it's great, it's good. If it's mediocre, it's good. If it seems like nothing's happening, it's good. Because all things are working together for the good of them that love God and who are fitting into his plans. I want to be part of the plan of God. I want to be part of the purpose of God. I, I, I don't want to be on the outskirts of town when Sennacherib surrounds my home and, say, and thinks that he's going to win it for himself. We're living in a time where we watch people fall away so easily. They're on the pew with us one Sunday, and the next Sunday they're gone. I had a young lady in our, in our young leaders class. He was in that class. This was a while back. She came to every, every session. I had them every Monday night for an hour and a half for about nine months. She never missed a session. Everything seemed to be okay in her life. And one Monday night, she walked out of that young leader's class, and she has not been back since. People make their mind up that they're going to leave. But if I can just preach to somebody in this place tonight and tell you no matter how bad it gets, stay. No matter what's going on, stay in the church. No matter how hot the battle gets, stay on the winning side. No matter what kind of news that you get, do not leave the church. Come on. I'm preaching to some teenager. I'm preaching to some mother and some father. If you stay with the church, you're going to win every time. You may come out with a little bruise here and there. You may come out with a little scars on your body. But my God, stay in the church. We have no enemies as long as we stay in the church. Oh, I wish I had somebody preach with me right now. God is about to put it in your mind. In this place tonight, the power of God's anointing is going to come on you. And a new boldness is coming on you. Faith is rising up on the inside of you. There's a miracle on the inside of you. Come on, clap your hands unto the Lord and praise him right now. Come on, I wish somebody would praise him. Don't you give the enemy access to the fountain. Don't you give the enemy access to the rolling brook. Now, watch what happens in verse 31 of Romans chapter 8. Watch this. What can we ever say to such wonderful things? What wonderful things. The things that we've been hoping for that haven't happened yet, but we still have hope. The fact that when we're in a battle and we're in trouble, the Holy Spirit, Brother Lane, is praying with us. You know, when bad things happen, man, we're calling around, pray for me. Pray for me, Pastor. We're calling a friend, pray for me. We're, we're putting it all over social media. Pray for me. If you do that, that's fine. But there's only one that needs to be praying for you. And that's the Holy Ghost. If you got the Holy Ghost, 
you've got all the power that you need on the inside. You've got the dunamis, which is the ability of God, and you've got the exosia, which is the permission to use the dunamis. You've got the authority or the permission to use the power that God gave you. You know how... You don't have to beg God to answer a prayer for you. You don't have to beg God to do something in your life. All you got to do is pray in the spirit. I feel something getting ready to happen right now. What can we ever say to such wonderful things as these? Watch. If God is on our side. If he's praying with us, if, if they're fighting with an arm of flesh, but the Lord our God is on our side to help us and to fight our battles, then you tell me what foe, what enemy is big enough to stand against you? Come on, we got power over the spirits of our city. We got power over the spirits in the school system. If God be for us, who can be against us? Since he did not spare even his own son for us, but he gave him up for us all, won't he also surely give us everything else? Now, I'm going to tell you something. It's time, it's time we stop just kind of dancing around answered prayer. Yeah, I don't know if I should pray for this. I don't know if this is the will of God. I don't know if God wants me to do this or say this or have this. Listen to me. I want every young person in this building to hear me tonight. God settled the issue in your life when he purchased you with his blood. The moment you said, I've been walking this way, living like the devil or living for the world, but now I'm doing it about face. I'm changing my mind. I'm changing my mindset. I'm changing the direction of my life. I repent, Lord. I'm dying. The altar is not a place where we fulfill our wish list. The altar is a place of death. That's what repentance is. And when you repented of your sins, God said, I'm going to fill you with my spirit. I am going to purchase you for my own. You are bought with a price. It's time for you to settle the score. I got news for you. I think I'm a pretty good dad to my two sons and my daughter, but I ain't never gonna be a better dad than he is. God has good in mind for his people. I need to preach to a generation tonight and tell you that the Lord is on your side. Now watch this. Who dares accuse us whom God had chosen for his own? Will God? No. He is the one who has forgiven us and given us right standing with himself. Who then can condemn us? Will Christ? No. For he is the one who died for us and came back to life again. 
for us and is sitting at the place of highest honor next to God, pleading for us there in heaven. Who can, who then can ever keep Christ's love from us? When we have trouble or calamity, when we are hunted down or destroyed, is it because he doesn't love us anymore? And if we're hungry or penniless or in danger or threatened with death, has God deserted us? No, for the scriptures tell us that for his sake we must be ready to face death at any moment of the day. We are like sheep awaiting the slaughter, but despite all of this, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us enough to die for us. For I am convinced, my God have mercy, that nothing can separate us from his love. Death can't, life can't, the angels won't, and all the powers of hell and hell cannot keep God's love away. Our fears for today, our worries about tomorrow or where we are high above the sky or in the deepest ocean, nothing will ever be able to separate us from the love of God demonstrated by our Lord Jesus Christ when he died for us. What that tells me is really the only weapon the devil has is to convince you that God is not for you. I'm talking to somebody tonight here that's carried some shame in this building. You know what shame is? It's the lingering effect of sin. It's the emotion you're left with through an act of disobedience when you stumbled and fell and committed an act of sin. Shame is what lingers for the next several months and the next several years and sometimes way on into adulthood until you become a senior. Come on, listen to me here tonight. I need the adults to help me out here. Somebody walked in this place with shame here tonight. Every time you get close to something in the Holy Ghost, the enemy starts bringing back what you did five years ago, what you did 10 years ago, what you did 20 minutes ago. What, what so-and-so thinks about you, what, what they think about you, why didn't they speak to you, amen. That's condemnation. That doesn't come from God. There is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. But you gotta walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. The, the flesh will always lose to the spirit. You cannot be a carnal saint of God and expect to win every battle. But if you can walk in the spirit, if you can war in the spirit, if you can live in the spirit, if you can pray in the spirit, the spirit will pray with you. And I'm telling you, you're going to be a devil chaser. You're going to whip every time. My God, have mercy. You're going to whip every devil that comes against you. We have no enemies here tonight. God is on our side. There is nothing. Oh, come on, somebody. Oh, come on, somebody. Oh, I dare you to just throw your head back right now and shout to God with a voice of triumph. You are triumphant. Whoa. Come on, let's praise him for a moment. 
Come on, let's praise him for a moment. Would you stand to your feet all over the building? Come on, I want you to praise him for a moment here. Whoa, yeah, yeah. Well, I wish somebody would pray right now. But I lied. But God never quit living you. But I cheated. But God is still on your side. But I failed him. You gotta repent. But nothing can separate you from the love of Christ. Your teachers can't separate you from his love. Your abusive parent cannot separate you from his love. Just because they abused you doesn't mean that God loved you less. My God, I'm preaching right now to some people. I'm preaching to broken people. I'm preaching to people that have been in a war. You've been surrounded on every side. The Assyrians are encroaching and they think that they're gonna win you for himself, but it's not gonna work. It's not gonna work. It's not gonna work. Reach over and make contact with somebody nearby you there. Father, in the name of Jesus. My God. My God. Glory. Glory! Glory! Yeah. Come on, I feel something pushing into this room right now. I wonder is there a young person? I wonder is there a pastor? I wonder is there some mother or father that's here tonight, some student pastor that's here that'll step to the front and say, I've been in a war. I've been in a battle. I've been discouraged. I've been feeling defeated lately. Hey man, I've come up against a wall, but tonight I'm gonna let God give me a revelation that there is more that be with me than be with them. Come on, somebody. Come on. Oh God. Oh God, come on, just pray with me for just a moment here. Just pray with me for just a moment here. I'd love to get some adults that would join us here tonight. Listen to me, young people. How many of you young people, you just, you just kind of want to 
blend in with the crowd and you just want a mediocre walk with God and you want to be average and you never really want to see uh, nothing too miraculous or supernatural. You just want to be in the church and be left alone. How many of you feel that way? Anybody feel that way? How many of you want to be a part of something that will shake this world? From one side to the other. Now, don't raise your hand if you don't mean it. Now, listen, I, I'm not the sectional director here, and I'm not the pastor here, and I know we got other pastors here and, and whatever, but, but I got the microphone. I don't have to preach here ever again, but if I don't, I'll be mad at you. Listen to me. There's a couple of places in Scripture where as powerful as Jesus was, he was God in flesh, as powerful as the apostles were. They, they had, Peter had the keys. Paul was struck, struck on the road to Damascus and he was given this special mandate that eventually went to the Gentiles. We still talk about these men today because they are our examples, but there were places in the Bible where we see little dips of uncertainty about apostolic power and authority. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Are you listening to me tonight? Because we're, we're fixing to pray, but we're going to pray different. The first place was a town called Nazareth. Nazareth sat down in a low place. It was surrounded by hills on all sides except for one way in and one way out. Listen to me carefully. If you lived in Nazareth, you didn't venture out too far, if at all. Nobody ever came through Nazareth. They either came to it or they weren't there at all. So Nazareth was, a, was this place that Jesus grew up in that all they knew was what was right here in their little circle. And when Jesus came back from the miracles that he was already performing, my God, I feel something so deep in here right now. He got up and he, he went to the word as was his custom. He stood up in the synagogue and he began to read the prophets. And the Bible said that he could there do no mighty work because of their unbelief. Now I need, I need to get something settled in this generation's mindset here tonight. If we don't see the miraculous and the supernatural and the operation of the gifts of the Spirit, if we don't see a mighty, powerful demonstration of God, it's not because it's not His will. It's not, it, it's not because we aren't educated enough. It's not because we haven't gotten our doctrine and theology in, yet. It's not because the church is not running enough or our music program is not good enough. It's not even because it's not time yet. It's because of our unbelief. 
God needs a generation of young people that will get in this book and say, I don't care what everybody else is saying. If it's in this book, I believe it. And some, my God have mercy. Somebody in this generation needs to believe he's still open the eyes of the blind. He's still unstopping the deaf ears. He is still healing the cripple. He's still calling the paralytic off of their stretcher. At some point, somebody's got to climb up on a roof and rip the roof off if you have to to get people at the feet of, feet of Jesus. But my God, whatever you do, don't ever let heaven look at you and say you didn't have enough faith. Jesus came into town, devils cried out of him and said, why have you come to torment us before our time? It wasn't the other way around. It wasn't Jesus saying, oh my goodness, I'm being attacked by the devil right now. Oh, this, this guy's head spinning around, a green vomit's coming out, and his eyes are rolling back in his head. Can I, am I all right right now? Are y'all still here? Are y'all... When I was a kid, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I'm fixing to mess the whole thing up right now. When I was a kid and somebody came down to the altar and somebody all of a sudden discovered, oh, this, they're demon possessed, we're fixing to cast the devils out of them. Everybody in fear started going, what happened, kid? If you're not right with God, run to the foyer like the devils can't find you back there. Come on. We do not have to be terrified of a powerless devil. He might surround the cities of Judah. He might surround your house. He may come against you from time to time. There may be some things that happen in your life you cannot explain. But greater is he. Greater is he that is in you. God have mercy. I feel a prophetic moment in this place here right now. The disciples, somebody, they, they brought whoever it was, they brought it. They brought his son, a servant, or something like that. He said, I brought them to your disciples. I brought them to the United Pentecostal Church. I brought them to section three. I know I didn't bring them to Frankfurt because that wouldn't have happened. And they could not cure him. Watch this, watch. Jesus said, bring him here. He didn't say, well, that's not my will. That's why he couldn't. That's why he couldn't cure him. Well, it's not my time. That's why he couldn't cure him. Are you here? He said, bring him here. How long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? In other words, how many times do I have to show you how to do this? devil come out and the devils came out of him and when they got Jesus alone they said master why could not we cast him out he said because of your unbelief because of your unbelief and then he said then he said this kind goeth not out but by prayer and fasting now I'm going to tell you you don't need to fast to cast the devil out because the devils come out by the name of Jesus 
what he was talking about was their unbelief. The only way you're going to get rid of your unbelief, the only way unbelief is going to get out of your life is if you'll pray and fast until you believe the word, my God, have mercy. I'm trying to get the attention of a generation here tonight. You've got to rise up. I wish somebody would praise him with a radical praise here tonight and let the enemy know uh, we're not afraid. Uh, we're not dismayed. Uh, we've got courage. Do it again. Do it again. I wish I had somebody else do that. I wish I had some young men over here that would do that right there. The whole premise, I'm closing. The whole premise of the ministry of Jesus. He, he, he could have turned 30 and went to the cross and died for our sins. But he didn't. He spent three and a half years saying, watch carefully. Watch what I do. I'm giving you permission to do this. Matthew chapter 10, he sent them out two by two. He said, go from house to house. And if they receive you, heal their sick. Are you listening? He said, heal their sick. In Luke chapter 10, he sent out 70 more, two by two. He said, go from house to house. If they receive you, heal their sick. Don't travel back and try to find me and ask me on a case-by-case basis. You've got my permission to do it. You've got my permission. And I'm telling this church here tonight, you've got his permission. You've got the ability. You've got the power. And you've got his permission. One angel. One angel can slay 185,000. I got it, mercy. God needs a generation to say, I'm going to be apostolic. I am going to be apostolic. I'm going to be powerful in the name of Jesus. I'm going to be separated from sin in the world. I am not going to covet the things of this world. I am going to separate from the things of this world. I don't care if you live in a town of five or five million. You need to make up in your mind, I'm going to be powerful tonight because I have no enemies. I'm not going to waste my time fighting enemies that the Holy Spirit is praying to be defeated. I am going to do the will of God. Now, here's what I want you to do. I'd like for our pastors to come. I like for every pastor and every student pastor. I need your help. Please come quickly, Brother Smith. I need every pastor, Brother Jordan, Brother Stovall, all these men here. I need you to just come right across the front if you just back up just a little bit. And we're going to pray for you. These men of God are going to pray for you. And when you lift your hands, listen, listen, listen. When you lift your hands, that's a physical there's a physically symbolic of God. I'm emptying myself of all influence of the flesh. And when that man of God lays his hand on your head, men of God, 
I want you to declare it over them. I give unto you all that I have in my spirit. I impart to you the things of the Spirit. Say that's not Bible. Paul said, I can't wait to be with you that I may impart to you some spiritual gift. Men of God, what you have, freely you've received, freely give. When you put your hand on that young person's head, now if you don't want this prayer, you can step back in the seats. But if you're ready to flip hell on its ear, you're tired of taking a back seat and you're going to say I'm, I'm going I'm, I'm going I'm going to be apostolic I want you to receive it I want you to receive it I want you to let the Holy Ghost come all over you from the top of your head to the sole of your feet if you don't have the Holy Ghost I command you to receive the Holy Ghost here tonight Amen and we're going to pray right now Men of God, help me right now. Just go. Father, in the name of Jesus, I speak the word of faith over these young people here tonight. I pray right now for an apostolic impartation of the Holy Ghost. I bind and I take authority over every spirit of the devil, every enemy, every lie, every spirit of deception. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Oh, come on. I command you right now to receive. Let every gift be unlocked. Let every gift be unlocked. Let apostolic anointing be poured out. Let the power of the Most High God move in this place. In the name of Jesus, oh God. Come on, young people. Come on, young people. Hey, the level hole, let me say, Yes. 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 Yes.